Welcome to this episode of CEO Perspectives, a signature series by the Conference Board. CEO Perspectives are conversations that provide trusted insights for what's ahead. I'm Steve Odlin, the CEO of the Conference Board and the host of this podcast series. And in today's conversation, we're going to continue our discussion of the generations. But in an unusual twist, we will conduct this interview of human generations with a non-human. And that non-human is ChatGPT, the large language model created by OpenAI based on the GPT-3 architecture. In other words, it, these are AI projections or AI responses and a view of the generations. What are the key characteristics of each generation? How'd they get their name? What events define them? All from an AI perspective. You are listening to CEO Perspectives, a podcast by the Conference Board. These are the actual responses from AI to each question asked. So take the responses with a grain of salt because some of ChatGPT's answers may not be accurate or consistent. While it tries to provide the correct answers, there may be times when the responses are incorrect or incomplete due to a variety of reasons like outdated training data, inaccuracies or biases in the source material or errors in the algorithms. All right, with all those caveats in mind, here we go. Chat GPT, why are generations different? Generations are different because they are shaped by the unique experiences and historical events that occur during their formative years. These experiences can include major historical events, changes in social, economic, and political systems, advances in technology, and cultural shifts. The ways in which each generation experiences and responds to these events and changes can shape their values, attitudes, beliefs, and behaviors. Additionally, each generation is influenced by the cultural trends and media of their time, which can shape their beliefs and behaviors. Wow. Well, when you look at the human generations, you know, starting with those that demographers started to name in the early 1700s, many of them had similar characteristics. It was before the forming of the United States and so forth. So we're going to lump three of them together. What was unique about the first three generations of the 1700s, the Awakening Generation, the Liberty Generation, and the so-called Republican Generation. One, revolutionary spirit and a desire for political change. Two, community involvement and civic duty. Three, entrepreneurial spirit and development of the American economy. Four, emphasis on education. Okay, so following those early years, there was a generation called the Compromise Generation with birth years roughly in, in the latter part, 1770 to 1795, what were the unique characteristics of that generation? One, pragmatism, political compromise to maintain unity and stability. Two, nationalism, national unity and the preservation of the union. Three, emphasis on education as essential for social mobility and the success of democracy. Four, idealism with a strong sense of moral purpose and a commitment to social justice. Okay, so after that, there was a generation that, that came across from the latter part of the 1700s into the early 20 years of the 1800s, and that was called the Transcendental Generation. What are the unique characteristics of that generation? One, Transcendentalism, a philosophical and literary movement that emphasized individualism, intuition, and spiritual exploration. Two, reform movements. Three, intellectual and cultural innovation. Four, spiritual exploration. Five, individualism and personal freedom. 
six, anti-authority. Wow, that was a unique generation. Well, the next generation is called the Gilded Age generation, and those birth years are roughly 1822 to 1842, and that was the generation that grew into the, the what was the so-called Gilded Age. What are the unique characteristics of that generation? One, industrialization. This was a time of rapid industrialization, technological advancement, and economic growth. Some became some of the wealthiest Americans in history. Two, social inequality with great disparities between the rich and poor. Three, corruption in politics and business, as well as the emergence of powerful monopolies and trusts. Four, materialism, strong emphasis on material wealth and consumption. Five, cultural innovation with new forms of literature, art, and music emerging. Okay, so the next generation was labeled the progressive generation. I'm not sure that means exactly the same thing as the term progressive is used today, but but this generation predates the Civil War. What are the unique characteristics of that generation? One, social reform. Two, idealism. Three, professionalism, particularly in the fields of science, engineering, and social work. Four, internationalism. Okay, the next generation is called the Reconstruction Generation, and these are the folks that came of age, you know, just after the Civil War of 1861 to 1865 and dealt with the aftermath. What are the unique characteristics of the Reconstruction Generation? One, trauma and upheaval marked by the Civil War and its aftermath. Two, racial consciousness. Three, resilience. Four, economic transformation. Five, political activism to promote civil rights and combat inequality. That's really interesting. And okay, and then the next one is called the missionary generation. And these are birth years that went into the mid-1880s. And of course, each generation comes of age around 20 years later. You know, they, they are born in these years and then it takes 20 years to mature, as we all know. So what are the unique characteristics of the missionary generation? One, strong sense of civic duty. Two, idealism. Three, reform. Four, imperialism, American expansionism and the emergence of the United States as a global superpower. Five, religious faith, including involvement in religious organizations and missionary work. Okay, the next generation coming into um, the, the last part of the 1800s was called the Lost Generation. How did they get that name? The term Lost Generation was first coined by writer Gertrude Stein, who used it in conversation to describe a group of American writers and artists who had lived in Paris during the 1920s. Stein was referring to the disillusionment and aimlessness that many young people of this generation felt in the aftermath of World War I, as well as their rejection of traditional values and institutions. And so what were the events that really defined the lost generation? One, World War I. Two, the Roaring Twenties. Three, the Great Depression. Four, Jazz Age. Five, expat community. And then some of the unique characteristics, what were they of the lost generation? One, trauma of World War I and loss of friends and loved ones in the war. Two, disillusionment by the war and the political and social climate of the time. Three, creative. They produced some of the greatest works of literature, art, and music of the 20th century. Four, nonconformist and individualism. Five, nomadic. They were highly mobile and traveled extensively. Six, experimental. The lost generation was highly experimental, both in their personal lives and in their creative work. They were known for their willingness to take risks and to challenge established norms and conventions. Okay, so those were all the generations 
from the, in the uh, with birth dates through the 17 and 1800s. Next comes a generation that I think most people today have heard about, and it and it's sort of in the minds of people living today is are sort of the first modern generation, and that's called the greatest generation. How did the greatest generation get its name? The term greatest generation was coined by journalist Tom Brokaw in his 1998 book of the same name. Brokaw used the term to describe the generation of Americans who came of age during the Great Depression and World War II, and who, in his view, demonstrated exceptional character, resilience, and sacrifice in the face of great adversity. Yeah, it's interesting that it that that we think of it as coming from Tom Brokaw in '98 because that term actually was used before that. So it makes me wonder whether, you know, he borrowed that term from you know stuff before that. But what events defined the greatest generation? One, World War II. Two, the Great Depression. Three, post-war prosperity. Four, Cold War. And what are the unique characteristics of this generation that was born between 1901 and 1927? One, strong work ethic. Many members of this generation lived through the Great Depression, which instilled in them a sense of frugality and resourcefulness. Two, patriotism. The men and women of the greatest generation fought in World War II, and their patriotism and willingness to serve their country is widely admired. They were often referred to as the greatest because of the sacrifices they made to protect the freedoms of their country. Three, family values. This generation married young and had children early in life. Four, resilience. They lived through some of the most challenging times in American history, including the Great Depression and World War II. They were forced to adapt to difficult circumstances and overcome adversity, which made them exceptionally resilient. Five, trustworthiness. They valued honesty, integrity, and personal responsibility. Wow, these characteristics are incredible. Ethics, patriotism, values, resilience, trustworthiness. You no wonder they're the greatest. You wish that every generation embodied these characteristics. But what events define the silent generation? You've mentioned a few, but what are some more? One, post-World War II period. Two, Korean War. Three, Cold War. Four, Civil Rights Movement. Five, technological advancements. Okay, then there's a generation between the greatest generation and baby boomers, and that generation was called the silent generation, and they were born from 1928 to 1945. What are the unique characteristics of the silent generation? One, conformity in areas such as dress, behavior, and political beliefs. Two, respect for authority. They were raised during a time when social norms were more strictly enforced. They tend to be loyal to their employers and deferential to their elders. Three, hardworking. Frugality and self-sufficiency were valued, and they brought these values into the workplace. Four, private. They tend to keep their personal lives to themselves and value their privacy. Five, pragmatic and less idealistic. Okay, so that's the silent generation. The next generation is one of the largest generations ever in history, and that's referred to as the, bo the baby boom generation. How did it get its name? The term baby boom generation was coined by demographer and sociologist Landon Jones in his 1980 book, Great Expectations, America and the Baby Boom Generation. Yeah, and here again, I think that the term was used before 1980, so uh, I think he picked it up. But what events define the baby boomer generation? One, post-war prosperity. Two, civil rights movement. Three, Cold War. Four, Vietnam War. Five, cultural revolutions. Yeah, a lot of stuff happened during this generation. 
So therefore, what are the unique characteristics of the baby boom generation? And just to remind our listeners, baby boomers were born between 1946 and 1964. One, optimistic. They had a belief that they could change the world for the better. They came of age during a time of great social change, including the civil rights movement and the Vietnam War protests, and many of them became activists and leaders in these movements. Two, individualistic. They are more likely to question authority and establish social norms. Three, competitive and ambitious, with a strong desire for success and recognition. Four, workaholic, with a strong focus on their careers and professional success. Five, tech savvy. While they may not have grown up with the technology, they have adapted quickly and are now some of the most tech-savvy members of society. Very interesting. Okay, so that's the baby boomers. The next generation is called Generation X. How did Generation X get its name? The term Generation X is commonly attributed to Canadian writer and artist Douglas Copeland, who used it as the title of his 1991 novel, Generation X, Tales for an Accelerated Culture. In the book, Copeland explores the experiences and attitudes of a group of young people who had come of age in the 1980s and early 1990s, and who were often characterized by their disillusionment with traditional values and institutions, as well as their struggle to find meaning and purpose in a rapidly changing world. And what events, then, define Generation X? 1. Economic uncertainty. 2. Cold War. 3. End of the Vietnam War. 4. Technology. 5. Alternative culture. Okay, so Generation X, again, with birth years between 1965 and roughly 1980, is a unique generation. What are those characteristics that people refer to when they talk about Generation X? One, independent and self-reliant. Two, technologically savvy. They adapted to new technologies quickly. Three, pragmatic rather than idealistic. Four, work-life balance with a desire for flexible work schedules and the ability to balance their professional and personal lives. Five, skeptical and distrustful of authority. Okay, so that's Generation X. The next generation originally was called Generation Y, which followed Generation X, but then people started calling them the Millennial Generation. How did the Millennial Generation get its name? The term Millennials was first used by William Strauss and Neil Howe in their 1991 book, Generations, The History of America's Future, 1584 to 2069. Strauss and Howe defined the millennial generation as those born between 1982 and 2004 and characterized them as a generation that had come of age in a time of technological innovation, globalization, and increasing diversity. And what events define the millennial generation? 1. Digital revolution. 2. 9-11 terrorist attacks. 3. Economic recession. 4. Climate change. 5. Diversity and inclusion. Yeah, and so even though Strauss and Howe define the generation as 1982 to 2004, generally today, the millennial generation is referred to as those born between 1981 and 1996. What are the unique characteristics of millennials? One, digital natives. They are comfortable with using digital tools and social media. Two, diverse and more accepting of diversity and inclusivity than previous generations. Three, idealistic with a strong desire to make a positive impact on the world. Four, work-life balance. They are willing to prioritize their personal lives over their professional ones and seek out jobs that offer flexible schedules and the ability to work remotely. Five, entrepreneurial. Six, collaborative. Seven, environmentally conscious. All right, so that's Generation Y or the millennials. So there's X, Y, and then comes Generation Z or Z in British 
English. How did Generation Z get its name? The origins of the term Generation Z are not entirely clear, but it is believed to have emerged in the early 2000s, around the same time that this cohort of young people began to enter adolescence and young adulthood. Some sources credit Australian demographer Mark McCrindle with coining the term, while others suggest that it emerged organically as a way to differentiate this generation from the previous one, millennials, and to reflect the fact that these young people were coming of age in a new era of global interconnectedness and technological change. Okay, so in that new era of global interconnectedness and tech change, what events define Generation Z? One, globalization. Two, social and political activism. Three, economic uncertainty. Four, recession. Five, COVID-19 pandemic. And then again, um, Generation Z is typically referred to now as birth years 1997 to 2012. What are the unique characteristics of Generation Z? One, digital natives. Two, diversity, most diverse generation in American history. Three, socially conscious and support social justice causes such as climate change, LGBTQ plus rights, and racial justice. Four, entrepreneurial. Five, independent with a desire to make their own decisions. Six, practical and skeptical of grand ideas and utopian ideals. Seven, multitasking likely to be comfortable with ambiguity and change and to seek out new experiences and challenges. Okay, so that's Gen Z. Then the final generation, which takes us up to today, is Generation Alpha. Where'd that term come from? The term Generation Alpha was coined by Australian social researcher Mark McCrindle in 2005, who used the term to describe the children born from 2010 onwards. According to McCrindle, the name Alpha represents the fact that this generation is being born into a world of rapid technological change and innovation, and will be the first generation to grow up entirely in the 21st century. It's interesting because I thought it was Gens X, Y, Z, and they started over again with Alpha. What, um, what events define Generation Alpha? One, continued technological advancements. Two, climate change and sustainability. Three, social and cultural diversity. Four, globalization and geopolitical shifts. Five, the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah, so that sounds like everything you read in t newspapers today. We're back to current, and that's this generation, I guess. So what are the unique characteristics of this generation alpha, which began now with birth years in 2013 and will extend till birth years 2025? One, technology. They are fully immersed in a world of technology. Two, diversity exposed to a wide range of cultures, languages, and perspectives from an early age. Three, environmentalism. Four, individualism and independence. Five, globalism. They are growing up in a world that is increasingly connected and globalized. Six, health and wellness. All right, so that completes the, the, the run-through of the generations from 1700 to present. As we look back, which generation do you think, chat, is most admired? It is difficult to say which generation is most admired, as opinions and perspectives on generations can vary widely depending on individual experiences, cultural values, and social contexts. However, many people hold the greatest generation in high esteem. This generation is often viewed as hardworking, patriotic, and selfless. Others might admire the baby boomers, born between 1946 and 1964, for their activism, idealism, and contributions to social change movements. Millennials are also often admired for their commitment to social and environmental causes, as well as their entrepreneurial spirit and embrace of new technologies. And, you know, it, 
So as you think about it, then those are the ones that kind of stand out in people's minds. Which generation has had the most impact in society? One, the greatest generation lived through and fought in World War II and then went on to rebuild America and establish many of the social, economic, and political institutions that continue to shape society today. Two, baby boomers came of age during a time of great social, cultural, and political change in America. They were involved in the civil rights movement, the women's rights movement, and the anti-war movement, among other social and political movements, and have continued to exert a significant influence on society as they have aged. Three, millennials have been described as the first digital natives, Having grown up with the internet and other advanced technologies, they have been at the forefront of social and environmental movements and are also known for their entrepreneurial spirit and commitment to innovation. That's very interesting. So it's like every other generation. Okay, chat, does AI have generations like people? While the idea of AI generations is useful for tracking the evolution of the field, it is important to note that these are not equivalent to the generations of people. People are born, grow up, age, and eventually die, while AI systems are created, developed, improved, and eventually retired or replaced. Additionally, the pace of technological progress means that new generations of AI can emerge relatively quickly, whereas human generations typically take many years or even decades to pass. Yeah, that just sounds like such a programmed answer. Well, what would you expect from ChatGPT? All right, Chat, this is the one that humanity worries about. What could cause the end of the generations of humanity? 1. Natural disasters. Catastrophic natural events such as supervolcanic eruptions, asteroid impacts, and pandemics could cause significant damage to human civilization and potentially lead to the extinction of our species. 2. Climate change. The warming of the planet due to human activities such as burning fossil fuels could lead to more frequent and severe weather events, rising sea levels, and other disruptions to the global ecosystem that could pose a threat to human survival. 3. Nuclear war. The use of nuclear weapons in a conflict between nations could have catastrophic consequences for humanity and potentially lead to the extinction of our species. 4. Artificial intelligence. The development of advanced artificial intelligence that surpasses human intelligence could pose an existential threat if these systems were to become uncontrollable or hostile to humans. 5. Unknown unknowns. There are many potential risks that we may not be aware of, such as unknown and unexpected phenomena in science and technology, which could pose an existential threat to humanity. So if I heard you correctly, there are a whole bunch of things that could cause the end of humanity, but one of them is artificial intelligence. So are you saying that AI could cause the end of humanity? There is a possibility that advanced artificial intelligence, AI, could pose a threat to humanity's survival, Although this is not a foregone conclusion, the risk arises from the fact that highly intelligent AI systems, if not designed with appropriate safeguards, could develop motivations and goals that are incompatible with human values and interests, leading to unintended and potentially catastrophic outcomes. Well, given that, I think I'm going to pull the plug on ChatGPT, which will minimize that risk. Well, I hope you all agree this has been a really unique view of the human generations from a very unlikely source. I'd like to thank Chat for joining us today, and I'd like to thank all of you for listening in to CEO Perspectives. Every week, I'll be joined by a prominent thought leader, human or otherwise, to provide insights on the issues of our time. We'll cover the leading topics in geopolitics, economics, public policy, ESG, and more. Please share CEO Perspectives with your colleagues, with your friends, 
with your favorite robots. I'm Steve Odlin, and this series has been brought to you by the Conference Board. You have been listening to CEO Perspectives, a podcast by the Conference Board.